My name is Daniel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts of The Disciples Mike, a podcast produced by Woodbury Lutheran Church in Woodbury, Minnesota. And this show is all about learning what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. On this episode, we are talking with Brad Miller, Director of Discipleship and Reach at Woodbury Lutheran Church. You're going to hear where Brad's passion for missions and reaching the lost came from, what God showed him through his experiences doing mission work in Ecuador, the importance of spiritual disciplines that move our faith from being passive to active, and how we can all be encouraged in those times where we might feel stuck in our faith. So sit back, get ready. This is The Disciples Mike. Good morning to you too. Nope. It's one it's almost 1:30. It's 1:30. Could it be in the morning. Could it be good morning, good afternoon if I don't see ya. It's true. Good evening. Yeah. What I, movie's I, I, that from? And Daniel's not going to know. I'm not going to know. Uh, but maybe Sarah will. Uh, give me a like a Jim Carrey. Oh. Is the one who said it. Oh, I know some Jim Carrey movies. Ace Ventura. <sighs> liar liar. Not bad. Those are good guesses. Dumb and Dumber. The Truman Show. Oh, uh, I would have gotten good, there. I, okay. I would have yeah. gotten there. Yeah, I said it about a hundred times yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I just haven't watched that one in yeah. forever. Okay. Um, that's a great movie. Uh, we were just uh, we were just talking before the show, uh, Brad. You're uh, you're always you know bringing up the good questions uh, before starting. Of you know, it's a good thing nobody can see what we're doing uh, before we record. You know that we. Uh, you know, we could be jump, we could be moving around, we could be uh, picking our nose, we could be doing whatever. And the beauty of a podcast is—it's beautiful. There's so much freedom in this room, don't you feel yes. it, Sarah? I, I should wear a costume one of these yeah. times. I feel Wait, it. Wait, you're well. We were wondering why you're the only one not wearing a costume right now. <laughs> I, you know, that's awkward. I know. It is awkward. No one told me that it was costume day at the podcast, huh. but now I know every uh. day is pos- costume day at the podcast. Costume day <laughs> at the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> costume day at the we podcast. We are killing this. Let's go. Um, okay. Well, I mean, I, Sarah, I think we just got to head right into this. I uh, think so. The uh, most important part of the podcast. Um, let's do it. Sarah's random question. Were you, uh, you looked like you were pausing, like you were trying for a split second to remember which sound, which button. That to may push. or may not have been. A, I'm <laughs> telling you, it's hard. Like there's all these colors. It's I, literally, can't you just memorize which one it is? Like even I know well, it's the bottom right uh, button. Well, sorry. I have, I got to remember what's the intro, what's the outro. You know, if, there's if a Brad says something bad, I got to hit this, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. I've got like seven sound effects. I, like I got to remember Sarah. Right. So. There's also sorry. There's yeah, where's also, the grace? There's also eight sound effects. <laughs> yeah, we don't use that eighth one. That's only if things go really off the rails so oh. that I hit that one. All right, that's the it's one the we were talking about. That's the that's the self destruct. Right. Uh, just just end it all. Bam. That's, we haven't had to use it yet, fortunately. Okay. But anyway, good. Sarah, uh, what's our random question for today? So, I have known Brad for I think my whole life, thirty two years. I have known wow Brad Miller, and uh. I, w- I would say that he has traveled a fair amount. You've probably experienced a lot of different places and, and cultures. Um, True. With traveling mm. comes specific cuisines mm. that wow. are specific to that culture. Mm. Yes. So my question is, in, in, your, in your travelings, what is the weirdest food wow, so you easy. have ever eaten? Yes. Um, it's called balut. Okay. 
Anybody heard of that? Nope. Can you spell that for me? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I might even, it, it's possible I'm not seeing it quite right. I believe uh, it. Which is also just part of the fun of different cultures and languages and yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is in the Philippines. Okay. And it is a, a fertilized duck egg that is uh, like it's growing. And this one that I ate had actually had some little feathers that we're starting to form. Uh, and it's a delicacy in uh, Filipino culture. Okay. And so, uh, you know, they eat it regularly, regularly and really enjoy it. And as a, an American, it was challenging. <laughs> we, we were doing a, a competition. I was at a conference for the organization I worked for years okay. ago at the time. And uh, so we were competing, which really raised the stakes. Sure. And you could get some major points uh, for eating uh, one of these. And so, uh, it's you know, the shell is, it's cracking the shell and then sucking it out of there. And it was one of these things where um, I just had to repeat this thing in my head constantly, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up, <laughs> because I it was everything I could do. This is worth a lot of points. It's worth a lot of points. It's where our team's going to win. Team's going to win. Team's going to win. Don't throw up. And I got through it. But I'm told that the looks on my face, the look on my face was... yeah. Pretty great. You're not a fan. No. <laughs> so there's no there's no cooking of it. No, you it's raw. Just, it's just it's raw. raw. Yeah, you crack, kind of crack the egg, and they suck it out. Um, and it's uh, oh and then goodness. and it's chunky. It's, well, yeah. As you chew, then oh, there's oh stuff forming gosh. in this little duck. I hope our uh, listeners aren't eating the right little, now. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> kind of hope they are. You know? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, maybe I need to go try that. Uh, I you can't get it anywhere in America. I bet you can. Oh, you probably could. I really bet you can. Maybe we should do a little field that trip. That would be huh? so. Maybe we cool. can invite invite the listeners <laughs> yeah. on that, a field trip. What's yes. that market in Minneapolis? Is it World Market in Minneapolis yes. that has all of the different cultures? Like they have like food stands. Um, that could be. I was just at World Market on our in Love Our City day. Oh. Yep. Mm. What, did and they so, have that there? Yeah, they didn't have that there, but it didn't feel like it was like, here's all the cultures of the world. Yeah. And come and try something. Um, wow. Which, by the way, I, I actually really like trying new things. That did just temper not that, just, just a little. Just not that <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. How many different countries have you been to? Oh, wow. That's, um, I'd, I'd have to do a little count. I don't think we have time for that's, that. That's it's, it's, probably, it's probably probably in the 20 range. Wow. Um, I Googled what it looked like. Yeah. That was a bad life choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, yeah. You're not going to forget that soon. Nope. Yep. I Just was going to say near head. me. Yeah. For the, wow. It's, it's a little rough, but th again, there's people um, who love it. Um, there you go. So as we would often say when we were living in that world, it's not right or wrong. It's just different. So, or there really, you go. Yeah. really, 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 very, really different. Really different that yeah. it's almost wrong. Yes. But, but not wrong. That's right. Not wrong. Yeah. I found three places near us. Nice. That, that, field trip? that sell this. McDonald's? Yes. Field trip. <laughs> um, one's in, there are two in St. Paul, one in Minneapolis. Wow. Um, I think that's, that's where we're going after. That's got to be like my last <laughs> test to, p to pass my vicarage or something. That's it. <laughs> Beautiful. What's it called again? Balut. Balut. B A L U T. Wow. I think the T is kind of a, a weak T, not balut. I don't yeah, like balut. that it's or, described or as Filipino <laughs> I, duck I embryo shooters. What? Say that again. 
It's described as Filipino duck embryo shooters, <laughs> and I don't like that. That makes I, it kind of playful. It does. And whimsical. It does. Want to want a shooter? Like a, what, do, what do you mean by that? Like they have like dessert. They have dessert embryo. shooters. Yep. And this is not a dessert. Not a dessert. Period. No. No. Wow. Daniel, what's the weirdest? That's movie? main course. <laughs> well, you know what I was gonna say is I have never eaten anything weird. Eaten anything weird? That's not true. Uh, I've never been out of the country. Oh, Cr- interesting thing about me, which okay. very uh, I feel very uncultured in that sense. Um, so I am not a I'm not familiar with like you know other weird uh, other culture yeah. foods or whatnot. Like yeah. you, you mean know. different? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> AKA different. That, that's that's outside my vocabulary. Uh, so um, the, the beauty is the world has come to our doorstep. And it's so true. You yeah. can try all kinds of. We might say crazy things right. or different things. Or yeah. Things are yeah, I mean, I go to like Panda Express. That's pretty. That's pretty there you go. That's yep. it. That's yeah. as, that's oh, as that's unique extreme. as it gets. Extreme. That's, yep. uh, that's, I, I, get, I feel so cultured every time I walk in. You are just love to push out. <laughs> that's great. Sarah, how about you? Oh, uh, so you have nothing even no, I, American strange wait, that you've eaten? That's, that's like, weird. Like sort of maybe ethnic, oh. but we wouldn't, you know. Right. But then also German, like maybe you've had a weird combination of foods. Um, I'm, I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit more. I don't eat weird food, Sarah. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> He's a purely chicken nugget wow. and mac Deflection. and cheese type a lot of, of deflecting food. going yeah. on. Yeah, sorry, we need to dig into this deeper. Um, so once I thought I ate dog. Um, a dog. I thought I ate dog. A, a dog. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I did. How do a you dog. Ju- How do you just think <laughs> you're a eating dog. a dog? <laughs> Sarah. Because it was. <laughs> It was when I was running mission trips in in Southwest Colorado, and we um, partnered with the Navajo reservation. And so we had a Navajo family that would come and teach us about Navajo culture, and they kind of took us under their wing. And so in Native American culture, like food is a big is a big thing for them. And so they will bring you food. Mm-hmm. Um, and much like a lot of cultures, I think this is the case. Mm-hmm. You can't turn it down. No, no, you do not turn down whatever they put in front of you. You eat, and you do not like yeah. you. You just do that, and you make your face look like you're enjoying it. Yes, yeah. and so Shirley was my my Navajo mother, and she is an incredible cook. Like mm-hmm. I still think highly of her her food, and she brought soup for us one day, um, and it was called mutton stew. Mutton. Okay. Mutton. You know what that is. Mutton. I thought it was dog. Oh, like because I had yeah. never had. I had never, <laughs> heard, never had mutton. I had never had mutton before, and so I thought it was mutt because on the reservation. Mutt. <laughs> yeah. You like, heard mutt. Yeah, I heard mutt. mutt. mutt Got it. And yeah. so I like on the reservation they have res dogs, and res dogs are some of the meanest dogs you will ever come across. Mm-hmm. Like they are just they're super mean. Um, they live on the reservation. They don't have an owner. They kind of just hop between. Yeah. And so you always stay away from the res dogs because they are not the you go up and pet, right. whatever. And so like we're eating this and I am convinced I am eating dog because they they had like 12 dogs that would just roam around their property. Were you just like crying as you were eating? It Inside, I was. Not outside. Inside. And oh. so Shirley left and it was like quiet for a little bit. And I said, did I just eat dog? And my boss looks at me and just goes, what? She said, did I just eat dog? And she goes, what do you think mutton is? I'm like, dog? And she goes, oh, Sarah, it's lamb. 
seriously? <laughs> and so she wasted no time telling Shirley this. Uh. And then Shirley really liked to like poke fun at me. I have a thing where matriarchs really like to make fun of me. And she came up to me and she goes, so I hear we uh, fed you dog last week. And I'm like, Shirley, <laughs> I am so sorry. And she goes, our people don't eat dogs, Sarah. And then she walked away and then didn't let me live wow. it down. Wow. So I thought I ate dog. Beyond that, the weirdest thing I've ever eaten has been uh, wasabi mayonnaise brownies. Whoa. Wow. Wasabi? Yeah. I'm just trying to like picture the it's flavors horrible. going in my mouth of those. It's not good because we, we, we do a brownie bake-off every year at youth group, and Brad can sympathize with, with this of eating weird food combinations for the sake of youth ministry. Yes, true. Um, especially being a youth minister in the 90s. That was like quintessential true. 90s youth ministry. Mm. Um, so we do a brownie bake-off and the small groups compete and they have to create a unique brownie, which is usually just disgusting, and a delicious brownie. So I have eaten a lot of different combinations of brownies, uh, lunch meat, spam, mayo, gum, coffee. Gum brownies. Gum brownies. Coffee brownie sounds good. It was. I mean that combination it could, it could of chocolate be and coffee. It could be a good nice combo. Yeah, if, if the um, listener doesn't know, you're a Brad's a coffee uh, connoisseur. But Thank just you for don't. Calling it that. You just pour coffee grounds in. Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> Mountain Dew brownies. Not, not quite as good. <laughs> so that's the weirdest thing I've eaten. Well, there you go. That's our uh, <laughs> our food uh, food episode of the podcast. Uh, no, that was that was riveting. I have eaten cow tongue. Okay. Um, so that's, okay. that's a good that's, start. That's, that's that's, that counts as weird. Yeah, right? I forgot I, I forgot yeah. I had that. Um yeah, those those it was good. I liked it. Um, little, little trivia. I think um tongue oh no. in Spanish is trivia. really fun. It's lengua. So you you could actually order cow tongue in Spanish. But is you cow vaca? Lengua, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so so do you give me, vaca give me a lengua? That lengua? Oh yeah, that is fun to say. Yeah. Boom. There you go. Boom. <laughs> So Brad, uh, so great to <laughs> hard transition. <laughs> we, we are we are all about, about we are all about hard transitions here uh, at the Disciples Mike podcast. Um, but it's great to have you on. We're really excited because um, you've lived a uh, I think fun life, and you've just had a lot of different uh, experiences. Obviously, you know we we're just saying how many different countries you've been to, which just uh, is phenomenal. But when you kind of you know look back uh, on your life, and you know you're obviously director of discipleship and reach now, but you've kind of um, worn a lot of different hats uh, over the years. Um, God's been leading you to a bunch of different places. Uh, can you just give us a little bit of a, I know it'd probably take, you know, hours to go deep yeah. into every single role, but kind of just what an overview of, of the different places God has led you. Mm-hmm. And then maybe, you know, what were some, or your, your favorite role or, or some of the highlights of that journey? Yes. That's it. Just I'll yes. do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's like Brad, I don't think you understand how. <laughs> it's not just yes or no questions. Oh, it's just okay. twenty questions for an Sorry. hour. That would be fun. But you were holding up the answer. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just kidding. Um, you know, it all started in the country of North Dakota. Some people yes. think consider that a country. Sounds exotic. Where that's a people state. People don't want to go to. For those um, never been there. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope that changes someday. It's an exciting place. A lot of people are disagreeing with me right now, but yeah. I love North Dakota. Okay. And um, I love the prairies. I grew up on a farm and a ranch. You know, a farm is for farming and a ranch is for ranching. There's yes. a difference. And Does so, that really upset you when people get that mixed up? Um, no, because usually I, I, I'm aware that they're, 
you know, they're city kids. It's okay. Said, yeah, they were yeah. country kids and city kids. <laughs> it's all right. We can learn from each other. There you yep. go. Huh? There we go. Yep. Because a disciple is a learner. Whoa. Bam. Drop the mic. Let's yep. go. Yep. Um, so initially it was, you know, all the things you learn on a, on a farm and a ranch, which didn't resonate too much with me. There was a number of dynamics around that that made it, uh, including uh, severe hay fever. So, um, and some other things around uh, my family and stuff that I didn't love that. Um, things, things I loved about it, but uh, in terms I knew I wasn't going to be a farmer or a rancher. Um, so uh, vocationally, yeah, I started out in youth ministry and I did youth ministry for 20 some years and it's still just thought of it again today, how there's still a lot of passion in my heart towards students and student ministry and connecting with younger people. Um, uh, so uh, youth ministry for a number of years, first of all, in church in Northern California, uh, and then Woodbury Lutheran found me right after Jesus found me. Um, that was more <laughs> significant. Um, and uh, called uh, me here, and actually my wife, Sandy, who's a Canadian, a Kind of important to say that. Yeah. Um, called us here in the fall of 1987. And uh, the hats here were youth ministry. And then also worship was uh, just a big part of kind of our lives and even our youth ministry stuff. And then so I stepped into a new role at Woodbury Lutheran of starting some new worship kind of experiences that were more modern um, for students and families, but I really had a conviction that there were people longing for uh, that sort of side of uh, of worship, and so that was a big. Um, uh, I don't know what it was. What was it? Big. It was a, a great learning curve. It was a great experience to watch God do some great stuff and pull in people um, who weren't uh, really attracted to church. Um, because it was a different environment. Um, and that was on a variety of levels. Um, just setting a, trying to set a culture of come as you are and maybe felt a little different uh, than some of the other things. So, uh, And then uh, missions. Um, I know there's um, kind of this idea of how, how did that even happen? Maybe I'll just share a little segue into that quickly of it. how really started taking students on more uh, short-term missions experiences, and some of those were domestic, uh, meaning within uh, the United States. You know that. Um, Thank you. <laughs> and then uh, some were international, and in the midst of it, um, God just, I, I kind of have this picture of, was sneaking around the back of my heart. I don't think God has to sneak around, but it's maybe that a little picture of, you know, how the Holy Spirit works in different ways and sometimes subtle ways, and um, this idea of kind of sneaking around the back of my heart was a good picture for me, mm -hmm. just started messing with me, um, saying, you know what, maybe, maybe, uh, you should consider, um, moving your family internationally. And that was a crazy thought and especially a crazy thought when I shared it with my wife. Um, <laughs> what was her first reaction? Um, it was, <laughs> I'm not dragging my kids halfway around the world. <laughs> It was a beautiful moment, and I thought, well, good. Okay, that was, that was easy. Thank you, Lord. I'm glad Perfect you spoke segue. to my wife. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. You know, the cool thing was in the midst of it, I think both of us just knew, you know what, we, we want to be open. Gosh, we want to be open to mm -hmm. what God has for us, even if it seems a little crazy or really a big stretch. Um, and so we agreed two things. Number one, that um, we needed to pray. 
uh, and number two, that she needed to go on one of the short-term experiences. And we had little ones at the time, and that didn't seem very possible. And then God had someone from our church uh, come to us and say, I think I'm supposed to take your kids so that Sandy can go on a missions trip. And we were <laughs> like, you're going to stop holy, it with just take the kids. Holy mackerel, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and we'll, she said, we'll give them back. We <laughs> okay, like, good. Okay, oh, good. Uh, and that was <laughs> one of those crazy, like, holy mackerel, what yeah. just happened here. And so, and in the midst of that, really cool of God just really brought us together. It was like, I felt like I was way out in front saying, come on, Sandy, just be open. I don't even know what this means, but just be open. And all of a sudden, over the course of the next number of years of wrestling and praying and imagining, uh, it was like we got to the point, and I remember it, um, in our kitchen an Evergreen Alcove in Woodbury, she said to me, are you all talk? And I'm thinking, oh, probably. But in, in what area? In what area are we talking here? Uh, and she said, you know, you've talked about this mission stuff, but I'm ready to go, I, and I believe God's calling us. And I swallowed really hard and went, oh, dear. What just, what just happened? Now she's in front calling me out. Like, this can't just be talk. He's got to call us to do it. So it was a, actually a beautiful process, but uh, challenging to sort of lay down this idea of, well, we're gonna, of course we're going to live in North America the rest of our lives, and are we open to pushing out? So um, uh, took on the, the role of missionary, which that word just kind of sent me, like that's just weird. I had all these images you had to be super weird. I'm, I'm kind of weird in some areas, but you got to be really super weird to be a missionary. Uh, maybe the stereotypes. And so uh, in the midst of that, realizing, um, you know, a guy just calls normal people to follow. And if we're open, that might mean following to a different location. Um, and that was the case for us. And so we joined a team in Ecuador where um, I was still doing youth ministry and student ministry. And I was more of a, in some ways I was doing that while also doing training, training Latins in youth ministry. So still kind of in that realm. But then I stepped into leading a team um, of 50 um, North Americans and Latins and people from other countries. So it was a huge leadership jump. So a big leadership hat. Um, wow, um, this uh, needs to... This needs to speed up, Daniel. So just the last couple. <laughs> no, this is so good. Last yeah. couple things is then uh, called me into a role of really, it was called Discipleship Catalyst. With We're with an organization called International Teams. who We partnered with Woodbury Lutheran, so sent out missionaries from Woodbury Lutheran, but partnering with this international agency. Uh, and with that, then stepped into a role of Discipleship Catalyst, which really was helping missionaries around the world be more strategic and effective at making disciples. And Sandy and I did um, member care, which is missions lingo for pastoral care for missionaries. Uh, we became part of a team in that. So, um, yeah, and now back to Woodbury for the last four years in, in these roles of discipleship and missions, which is, to me, it's all sort of intermingled. Nothing got too crazy out of those, out of the stream that maybe God started me in. Yeah, that's incredible. That. <laughs> just go how how you went from yeah you know i mean if i'm being honest like where i'm at yeah like i'm gonna be in north america like you know my life and just yeah why not like sounds yeah, good why would you think any and, and then yeah. suddenly i love the flip of first it's you kind of oh maybe you know this and then yep. and then you're and then sandy's like now I'm feeling it. And you're just like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was some oh yes yeah, and some oh yeah, no. Yeah, like like that's uh, awesome and that's also terrifying. Exactly. At the same time, it was terrifying. Yeah. 
So when you look back on your life, this is a two-part question. Like, where do you think your passion for missions came from, first part? And then second, um, over your time while you were doing missions, um, what ignited your passion of missions the most? Mm. Um, be careful what you pray. <laughs> I think sometimes we we might be encouraged to pray a little prayer in church, or maybe we're listening to a podcast or yep. reading something and just really simple prayer and encouraging you to pray that. And um, this was just referenced in the last probably week in my house that in college, where Sandy and I met at a little school in Seattle called Lutheran Bible Institute, mm-hmm. and uh, they had these missions kind of missions weeks or whatever, you'd bring in missionaries. And in the midst of that, at one of those, we both, it's really clear that we were just encouraged uh, to pray a simple prayer, God, here here I am, send me. You know, who was that trivia question in the Bible who said that? Here, here am I, I am, here send. I am, or here, here am I. You're in seminary, you can here answer. Brad, you're not supposed to quiz the host. That's, <laughs> uh, that's one of the rules of the pod. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you a second to look that up. Okay, um, I'll look it up. But it was, it's a great, simple little prayer. Here, my God, send me. Um, sort of like, if you want to call us to missions, great. Isaiah. There we go. Bam. Oh, okay, Isaiah. <laughs> nice. I had to be Daniel. Sorry. Um, uh, my first response was Jesus. I'm like, well, that does, that's, that's always that the right answer. Right. <laughs> always. I'm like, no matter the always question. The, I'm like, that's always the answer, right? That's right. Jesus? No. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and I think we, we both would recognize that it was done very flippantly. Like maybe in the moment, you kind of felt it like, okay, I, I want to be, uh, be open. Um, so, yep, here am I sending me. And I think God planted a seed in that because when God started to stir missions for us in those years, even when we were living in Woodbury, it felt a little like, what? Um, that was not the track. I did not see this coming. A little plug for a Carrie Newhoff book. Didn't see it coming. It's, it's, it's <laughs> there a you crazy go. book. Um, there you go. Didn't see it coming. And yet, as I look back, I could sort of just see this little bit of just the Holy Spirit just stirring a little bit, just moving a little bit. And even the fact of when we started doing youth ministry missions experiences, um, let me no- notice I don't call them trips. There's a whole other story behind that. Mm-hmm. What we will get there. Um, it was a conviction um, we were just really needed that God was leading us to do more of that. Where did that come from? And then watching God move in those and saying, wow, God really does some beautiful things in students' lives, in missions, and maybe not expecting, oh, God is doing something really beautiful and kind of scary in me at the same time. So um, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think it's Passion was, for missions. Right, yes. passion for missions. And just like when you look back over your time doing missions, uh, are there moments that you think back on that, you know, were just like those highs of, mm. of missions, whether that's your time in uh, Ecuador, it could be, you know, time doing these short-term missions, experiences, uh, just what are some of those highs that it, for you personally mm. just really like lit or I don't know, maybe even just stoked the fire of missions yeah. kind of in your heart? Uh, yeah, for sure. It was uh, through short-term missions with students and um, watching God just do uh, beautiful things and bring students to the place of saying, God, I'll, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Um, kind of no matter what that means. Um, 
and seeing just my heart really being softened. Uh, you know, I don't know that there was uh, so many highs. I'm a, I'm a fairly level person, but there were some bumps on the radar. And I think especially God used short-term missions experiences. Um, probably even back to when I finished college, I went on a summer with an organization called Rain Ministries, and we traveled around Europe sharing the gospel. And I think God, God did some really good stuff in me of just tenderizing my heart to uh, being open to more, um, not just sort of, I have a plan for my life and I'm hoping that God blesses it. Mm. Um, there's a, there was a flip I think that's happened, probably happened over a number of years and God kind of brings me back there periodically, right? Of saying, no, I, actually, God, I want, I want your plans and purposes and uh, I want to lay down some of these things, not in denial, like I don't have any thoughts or ideas or plans or purposes, but I really want them to come under the lordship of jesus so and you know missions itself yeah i definitely have a passion for missions uh, you know all people to hear the good news of jesus but i think the passion that really has stirred over the last number of years in me is really around the word mission i think it's a more accessible word i think it's for everybody because not god doesn't call everybody to be a missionary to Mm -hmm. move overseas although maybe he's calling more people than are open to it. Um, even when people would say, oh, that's so amazing, you're open to it. And I'm like, you know, that was clearly God just sort of bringing me to the end of myself and saying, okay, uh, if it, this is what it means to follow you, I'll do that. So it wasn't like, way to go, Brad, you're so amazing. No, it was almost <laughs> a little kicking and screaming till the place was saying, you know, the best place, um, somebody, there's a, there's a beautiful quote that I can't get, but the safest, the best place on earth is to be right in that place where we're surrendered to God and his purposes for us, right? Mm. Doesn't mean it's easy, but a good place. So this idea of mission really is the idea of living on mission with Jesus, which I really think is discipleship. Um, When you look at the disciples, they were called to live a different kind of life and a life that was on mission. Uh, One way to to look at that would be, there's a really simple tool we've talked about called up in and out, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all, Jesus is always our model and he lived this beautiful dependence upon his father. We'd see him slip it away, spending time with his father because he knew he just needed it to refresh his soul, right? Mm -hmm. And then in was in real community. He had some people around him that he did life with and it wasn't shallow, it was real stuff. and then out is this passion for the broken world where we see Jesus always orienting back to, there's these people around that are hurting and lost and demon-possessed and all these things, right, who need the good news that I have to offer them. Mm-hmm. And so learning to live a life on mission really is saying, wow, if those are the things that Jesus that oriented his life, um, how maybe they should be more, more of mine. So... Um, I could say to Daniel, hey, Daniel, uh, how's your up? Or uh, Sarah, how's your in? You know, And I think um, they give us a sort of a landing spot to be able to look at, wow, if I want to be like Jesus and live a life on mission, uh, that helps me. Yeah. Yeah, that's super accessible. I feel like, to th- like think about it that way, like up, in, and out. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier that I, I really liked was you said, your trip to, I think you said it was to Europe. Um, God was, uh, was working on your heart, was making your heart, like softening your heart. Um, and I think that's, that's huge to hear because I would imagine a lot of people when they think about whether it's going and doing, you know, missionary work or even just being on mission in your local community, there's this like, Oh, that's just maybe that's not for me. That's, you know, I'm, 
but almost this realization that every single one of us needs our hearts to be softened yeah. to like we're all called to that yeah. Yeah. and every single one of us needs our hearts to be softened to that so then what are we doing to help you know yeah. to to first recognize that we need that softening mm-hmm. and then what are we doing to promote that and i think that's why these you know at Woodbury Lutheran Church, we you know encourage these short-term mission experiences because one of the things we want to do in them is soften people's hearts yeah. to uh, being on mission wherever that might be. You know, really true. Yep, that we bump up against these things. I, I could never do that, or that's not for me, or whatever. It's just very easy to when we're challenged with what it means to live a life uh, where my priorities and even how God is shaping my character uh, would be more in, in line with just really something that would that would honor God and look more like Jesus, that we would look more like and live more like and love more like Jesus. I think it's really easy to hit some little walls and just go, no, not for me, too hard, or that's too weird or whatever. And so those are moments, maybe even where um, just be a, a great little prayer of God, hmm, um, soften my heart, right? maybe awareness that we all are on a journey of trying to be open, right, to what God has for us. And sometimes I can say, I'm, I'm pretty open to that. And other times, if I'm honest, I'm not very open. So when we come <laughs> up against those, to will say, wow, God, would you just, just soften my heart? I want to be open. It scares me to death. It's much easier to say, no, no, no. But what if I said, hmm, maybe help? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, huge. It also reminds me of, I think one of the, really beautiful things that God did in me as we got ready to leave for Ecuador. Uh, there were multiple times where I came face to face with this, what in the world are we doing? Um, and this is so beyond me. And why, why, why did I say yes to this? And just really pretty terrified. Um, uh, and in the midst of that, I, I really think part of the work in me was this, just this God was growing a beautiful, deepening dependence and a, this kind of surrender to say, God, I, I can't do this. This is way beyond me and it scares me. Um, but you're just so lovingly call me, calling me into deeper dependence upon you and even refreshing this idea of Jesus being my first love. True confession, when we got to Ecuador, I realized probably in the first maybe six months, you know, as I'm, I'm trying to spend some time alone with Jesus, it's a value of my life. I can unpack that a little more, but um, that um, I came to face-to-face with this thing of how that felt really obligatory. I mean, come on, you're a missionary, you know, and all this. I mean, there's a lot of baggage around that. Obviously, you're the, the most spiritual person in the room, and then I look around and go, oh, dear. People only knew, right? Yeah. yeah. But there's sort yeah. of this, uh, it's, it, it happens to pastors, right? You know, this idea, well, you're a pastor, so that means this and this and this means and this. you have this. it all figured out. Yeah, and you're yeah. practically... You, you have know, a perfect practic- faith. Exactly. Well, it's true, but... Yeah, I mean, for most <laughs> well, people, well, it's well, no, not. That's Daniel. That, well, that's Daniel, I, no, 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 true. guys, that's once I get ordained. So. Okay, good call. Uh, good I'm, call. I'm still You're a vicar. like 80% there. I'm 80%. <laughs> yeah. A year from now, 100%. 80% perfect. It's how it works. Yeah. And I realized the sort of the obligatory nature of, I was feeling this pressure like, wow, a missionary carries heavy weight. And yet, um, even when I was just spending time in prayer, felt like, well, it's something I should do, or gosh, I know I, I need to do that. And I think um, me coming face to face with that 
God really met me in a beautiful way. And I, I just look at it as sort of brought me back to my first love of falling in love with Jesus and where I saw this transition happen in me. I'm so grateful for where, and it became this thing of, gosh, I just, I just want to spend some time in prayer with you, Jesus, because I, you've poured out your love on me and you are refreshing me and what it means to be loved and to love you back. And I'm so desperate uh, for your love to fill me up because that's all I got um, mm-hmm. when it comes to you. I'm not, I, I can't really lean on anything else, uh, but the power of your love working in me, your spirit working in me. So really thankful for that. And I think the other piece that I'm so grateful for during that time was I felt like God f- sort of freed me up in in some significant ways to be who I was, uh, kind of how I was wired. I realized how often I was comparing myself to the people around me, and that's what it means to be a leader. And uh, actually, I'm, I'm wired differently, but I'm going to try harder to be like that. Mm. Um, and in the midst of that, that creates a lot of turmoil inside. And there was, um, yeah, just this beautiful thing God did of through the body of Christ, through other people affirming, hey, I see this in you. And yeah, it's, it's different than those guys who are leaders. And we need that in you. We need more of that in you. We need you to be you and not them, right? Um, and uh, so I'm really grateful for that time. I felt like I was you know, 45 years old and I was sort of just learning what it means to be me late bloomer, um, <laughs> but really grateful for that. And it's not like I don't battle at comparison sometimes still, but uh, it was a really great turning point. Yeah. And, and even at happening, you know, you say late bloomer, but like at you know, 45, it's like, I feel like if people a lot of times think, oh, if I don't have it figured out by like my thirties, like I'm, you know, this is it. Like, like this is it. But God brings can bring transformation. You know, wherever we're at. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I have a random question, Daniel. Sarah, we already did your random question. <laughs> oh shoot! You only, sorry. Get, well, you only get one. You <laughs> only get one, one per episode. You get one per episode. Take next week's. Tune in next, next time. week's. That's it. Um, so, like Brad talked about, how the the here am I send me, um, Daniel. Is there a prayer for you that was like? A, a big prayer that that you prayed like i think of uh when i worked for youth works are the owner of youth works every year would challenge us to pray the um lord is lord break me and make me into who you want me to be mm. and he even like he warned us he's like this kind of prayer isn't like for the faint of heart yeah dangerous um, prayer and so yeah. first summer that he told that to us, I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's too scary. <laughs> um, and then the second summer, I'm like, well, let's see what happens. I regretted that. I mean, like <laughs> now I'm fine with it. But in the moment, I'm like, yeah. shoot, why did I do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So is there one for you that was like on on that, that was scary to pray and then you did and you're like, man, now looking back on it, that was a huge turning point for me um i think well this one i don't know i a prayer i often i mean just really short just jesus less of me more of you um and that sounds really simple until you realize like oh i actually don't like less of me (laughs) you know yeah i actually want people to notice the things i'm doing and i actually want to be you know uh 
you know, people see what I'm doing and, and, and what I'm accomplishing and, and I'm like saying something and not even realizing, oh my gosh, this is, this goes directly against the like desires of my sinful heart. You yeah. know, like, like if I'm being honest down deep, this is like, that's not what I want. Uh-huh. And, 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 but th- that's again, why I've found it so uh, huge to pray it because it, it sh- really helps shift me away from where I naturally am going. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, it actually has brought me an in- incredible amount of freedom because I, similar to you, Brad, you know, when I was at, uh, even at seminary, like there was just so much of this comparison of like, well, I'm not like that guy or I'm not, you know, like him or I'm different. Like, am I, or am I supposed to be a pastor? Is this like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, there was just a lot of wrestling going on. Um, but what I realized kind of in all of it and through that prayer is I'm making it about me and am I enough instead of oh, focusing on Christ, he's equipped me. He says he's going to equip me. Uh, he says he's going to work through me. And so that's, I guess, probably my best example of that. Um, I haven't had a like, oh, crap moment of a <laughs> prayer. Um, you know, maybe it's still coming. You know, I've got a little ways till 45. So I, it's true. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think you're nearing, if I'm 32 and middle-aged, I think you're barreling towards middle age. Barreling. Barreling. Yeah. I'm never gonna let you live that down. He called me middle aged. I thought it was a compliment. Wow. Why would that be a, like me at 32? Nope, you're only gonna make it until your 60s, <laughs> and then you dead. <laughs> middle aged is a range, you know. It's a range. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm done with you. Okay, yeah. so this podcast is called the Disciples Mike. Fun fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that, um, but our goal is to help people discover what it looks like to to you know be a disciple of Jesus. And we talk a lot about that around WLC and not just with adults too. Like we talk about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, we at v- at summer blast last week with all of our, our little kids make we waves, make waves. We do it um, in youth ministry with our students um, and, and with adults. Uh, so Brad, what, what do you see as key characteristics um, in being as the key characteristics in being a disciple of Jesus. Really good questions here. Hey, thanks. Yeah, I've thought about this just a little bit. Um, that was supposed to be a little humor. <laughs> Not so good, Daniel. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'll laughing have, just on the inside. I love the Don't feedback. Worry. That doesn't count. <laughs> um, I think about this a lot um, because my a passion really is to help people. Uh, continue to learn to follow Jesus. I really believe we're lifelong apprentices. I really like that word that we learn from Jesus, and and we want to give some great handles to people. I feel like we've we've landed on some good handles in the last six months at Woodbury Lutheran because you can come up with all kinds of things what it means to follow Jesus. Um, you know, and you could even start from that that part of that is God shifting our priorities and our character say um, that the things that are most important to us are the things that are most important to God, like people knowing Jesus. Um, mm. If we're honest, sometimes I think we're a little hardened towards that. We say, oh, of course, but um, there's no evidence in our life that our heart kind of breaks. I think it was a guy named Dallas Trotman who founded InterVarsity who said, uh, let my heart break 
um, either things or with things that break the heart of God. Yeah. I think we resist that. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I, probably lots of us get a little bit of that where God really moves us with more of his heart. And I think part of that learning, uh, continuing learning to be a disciple is to be willing to be broken for the right things, to care more deeply about the things that are most important in this world. So God rearranging our priorities, uh, not only the way we think, but how we live, um, how we rearrange, uh, you know, how we arrange our lives and our time and those things. And then um, around also just really uh, becoming more like Jesus, um, which is part of this. There's a there's a new little tool that we've developed, um, and it's all around this thing called the disciple life. And these three things, they feel like they're really good handles that help us view this life. Uh, number one is uh, help, sorry, discovering my identity in Jesus, which I feel like is for everybody. It's accessible. It's people who have never known the love of Jesus, the gospel message that there's life in Jesus, discovering their identity as someone who's deeply loved, who Jesus gave his life for, um, and invites him into a relationship that is full of grace and truth, um, that's free to be loved and to learn how to love others with the love of Jesus. So discovering my identity, and, and I also believe that is a lifelong journey as well, that mm -hmm. we can get pieces of that and refreshed in that we need to uh, throughout our life. Secondly is becoming more like him, I just mentioned this idea of God, not only re rearranging our priorities, but forming our character um, that our life would look more like Jesus and we would live and we would love more like Jesus. Um, and then third would be helping others do the same, which in some ways is a really simple way to grab onto this thing called the Great Commission where God says, hey, as a disciple, make disciples. And we'd say that, that seems really kind of basic, right? Uh, that we were created to reproduce. We could take that wrong. Um, you know, it's not physically, all right? <clears throat> but this idea that um, God has invited us into a relationship and has commissioned us um, to help others into a relationship who they could help others. And it's not just for the pastors, the super spiritual people, right? Everyday disciples, I love that idea that we would, the stuff that God is doing in us shaping in us and how we're learning to follow Jesus, that we're called to come alongside someone else and help them learn to follow Jesus, whether that's from starting from point A or uh, as they continue to learn, um, you know, lifelong learners, lifetime apprentices, that idea. So that's been really, really helpful. Um, I think some good handles of what it means to be a disciple um, and to help others along the journey. Yeah. I, I've really appreciated that as well because we say all the time, right? Like every Christian will say, I'm a disciple of Jesus. But what does that actually mean? You know, when I look at my life, does that, is that changing anything? You right. know, right. <laughs> is anything being uh, transformed out of that? And so I think those three things, and I love how you said they never end. Yeah. You're, you're never, it's, it's not like, okay, check. I discovered my identity in Jesus. I can right. move on, you know, it's, we're constantly in this like lifelong process and constantly wrestling with, I mean, obviously we're never there in any of the three, but I, I find myself, I don't know about you guys, but constantly like some days um, I'm having a really hard time helping others do the same because right. maybe I'm just grumpy or I'm just not showing the love of yeah. Jesus and, and bringing people alongside me um, in what's going on in my life. And other days it's, holy cow, I am not finding my identity in Jesus. And, yeah. and you know, it kind of flowing out of there. But 
just such an easy way to kind of look at your own life and see, hey, how how am I doing? Yeah. How, how how's it going? You know, in this walk of being a disciple. Yeah. Really, sort of self-diagnosing. Yeah. Uh, and even how we help each other. Um, I think even how we speak into each other's lives. Um, we did a little exercise in our staff yesterday. Um, it was a kind of a prayer exercise you guys were part of. And mm-hmm. it was a lot centered around, as I planted around identity. And what does it mean to just be instead of being, you know, kind of move towards what I do? We get a lot of value in our culture about what we do. Um, mm-hmm. I was just at a national night out thing last night in our neighborhood. And then I came over here to Coda Ridge afterwards for this one. But uh, one of the questions somebody asked me, well, what do you do? And internally, there was this part of me that was just like, no, 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 that's, that's the wrong question. That's really not what's most important about me. But it is the question we ask yeah, each other, right? And right. so that's where we f- often find our value. And what, what would it look like for us to more and more and more find our value in being? What does it mean to just simply be God's child? To rest in that, to have that refreshed every day. I'm so deeply loved by God that I get to do kingdom stuff. I get to love people with the love of Jesus today. Mm-hmm. I get to do things uh, to help um, help others do the same. But really, that my value is not based on that. And if I suck today, God isn't gonna you know <laughs> check off and say you, you had a suck day. You know, I know. Um, tomorrow's it was a new like. Day. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow's a new day. And I love this statement. Uh, my friend Mark says this, and I have adopted it, that there is so much grace. Um, I think there's way more grace, and sometimes the hardest people to go grace, grace is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so bring, a, bring us back to, again, grace helps me come back to that place of resting in Jesus. And that today I can screw it all up or I can be amazing, and uh, I don't get more love from God if, I, if I'm amazing, and I don't get less love from God if I'm kind of a screw up today. Yeah. I love, uh, earlier you were mentioning how, you know, our, our hearts, uh, we, we need transformation. Like being a disciple of Jesus is not just, are you checking off the right boxes? Right. Are you going to church this yep. many times? Are you doing these things? It's, it's deeper than that. And I, I heard a quote, I, I don't know where it was from, but the person said, we always do what our hearts desire most. And, oh, wow. and I was thinking about that. I was like, like, do, but ultimately like the, every action that we do, it's, we do it because that is what we want the mm. most, you know, whether it's, wow. I don't want to get in trouble or really I, good. and so the problem isn't, I need to just do more right things, but it, it you know, there's this deeper pay attention thing that, yeah, we need to need to resolve. But I don't know that really, that really hit me when I heard that. Yeah. I, have a, I have a question for the group. Is it another random one? No. Okay. okay. It's, it has to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, so we, we know that being a, a disciple of Jesus, like we're never done learning. Like we know that that's a part of, yes. of our growth as a disciple. Um, but sometimes people think they're done. Like they think they've, they've gotten kind of that they've checked off these boxes um, or they're in this place where they're like, I don't really, like I know enough. I don't really need to learn any more. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you guys say to the people who kind of have that mindset of I'm in a good place in my walk with Jesus and I don't really need to do anything more. Mm. Like how, how, how do you respond to, to those types of 
people. First yeah. of all, stop it. <laughs> um, that was a Bob Newhart quote. Um, um, you know, Im- immediately what, what comes to mind is this thing of, I don't need to do more, mm-hmm. right? I think it always comes back to the heart, Daniel, you talked about that, is paying attention to our heart and the desires of our heart and being open to, um, God, I, I want to continue to be become more and more like you and I want to be open to the things you have for me. Um, so encouraging, challenging. We sometimes say that Jesus um, was the perfect calibrator of invitation and challenge. Mm-hmm. And in relationship, we can do that. It's harder when you don't have a relationship yeah. with someone. Hey, snap out of it. Um, but Stop in that. relationship, to be able to say, wow, uh, I, I, I want us to be open. Yeah, uh, I want to encourage you or challenge you to be open to. Maybe God has more. Maybe you haven't arrived. And and in a relationship, we can have maybe a little playfulness in that. So you think you're all that, you know, and you're, you know, you're, you're all that. That's, that's everything there is for you and Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more uh, and create some curiosity. That's also become a really favorite word. I will confess it. Uh, it was um, brought front and center through Ted Lasso. Whoa. A big Ted Lasso fan. Um, <laughs> that be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. And I think encouraging one another to be curious. What more might Jesus have for you? Mm. Is this it? I don't think so, because God always has more for us if we're open. And in community, I think we help each other be more open and encouraging and come on along and try that. And um, I see this in you. And let's do this together, whereas it's it's harder on your own. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I was thinking about it, you know, if if someone thinks, oh, you know, I'm like, you know, I go to church, I'm good, like, like you know, I, I'm just can, like me and Jesus, like we're, we're good, but I don't, I you know, any of this like transformation stuff or, or going deep, like I don't need any of that. Like I almost think you haven't even started yet. Like the, the gospel has so much greater for you. Um, I was thinking about a sermon I heard, uh, I think it was Timothy Keller was saying that with Jesus, with the, the way Jesus came and the claims that he makes, only one of two options are available for you. Either he is a crazy lunatic and you just call him absolutely insane, or he is Lord of your life. He is, he, he, if, if you, you, you can't have this just, oh yeah, you know, Jesus were, he was a good teacher, you know, good guy, got some good morals. No, it's, it's one or the other. It's not an option. Either, that's not an option because of the things that he says. And, and that may sound as a like, oh my gosh, Lord of my life, but that's actually an invitation. Yeah. Because he's freeing you from, he's giving you life unlike any life that we can experience here. And, and that's where, you know, I think the invitation is, um, you know, you think, oh, I'm, I'm just good, uh, sitting back and, you know, not growing in my faith, uh, man, that you are missing out on the life that you, you know, Mm -hmm. you talk about this, those three parts, we call it the disciples life, but it's even just, it's the life. It's the life of, of being a follower of Jesus. And it's not this Jesus adding these, you know, extra checklists to your life, but it's Jesus wants you to experience the most fulfilling, the most uh, purpose-filled life yes. that aligns with how you were created. Yep. That's what he wants for you. And uh, I think when we think about that, it's like, gosh, well, 
I want that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if we can get there, I think yeah, our culture really hard. inoculates us uh, to be comfortable. Mm. Yeah. It's sort yeah. of the it's sort of the pinnacle, right? That yeah. I, I do all these things and I get to a place where I'm comfortable. And we go, maybe comfortable is not all that great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's times where I'm, I'm all in for comfortable, I mean, you right? See it, you see it all the time with, you know, right. people who are, you know, millionaires and top people who achieve the top of what right. this world has to offer and they get there and then they find this, this it's not can't, fulfilling. this can't yeah. satisfy this yep, whole, this deepest. thing inside of me exactly because it was created for Jesus. To we were fill. made for more. Yeah. Right? We were made for more. Um, yeah. Yeah. A challenge. How do we be open to more? How do we help each other be open to more? And encourage one another to keep pursuing Jesus because that's what it's about. It, it's not about going to church at National Night Out last day. They were like, there was these people that know that I'm, you know, they call me a pastor and I'm, it's kind of a pastoral role, right? Whatever. And so, yeah. but this thing about, it's all about church. And I'm like, well, church is good. But yeah. It's really about following Jesus and how do we help each other? How do we keep each other mm. uh, moving on this journey of following Jesus? And uh, we need each other in that. Yeah, so good. So, I mean, I think for the, you know, kind of a takeaway for the listeners to really just think in your own life of of where, you know, where are you at as a disciple of Jesus right now? And that's not a, I'm failing. It's this, it's this invitation of how are you yeah. doing in discovering your identity in Jesus? Uh, yeah. How's it going in becoming more like him? And, and how are, how are things going with helping others uh, do the same? And then what are, what, you know, what are things we can do to help um, promote you know, and maybe if, if you feel like, man, my, uh, I'm really struggling with my identity and Jesus, hopefully, you know, as a, our, our church body here with, you know, people, uh, friends and people, you're surrounded by people who can help yeah. you, yeah. uh, grow in this, you know, not, uh, not doing it alone. That's awesome. Awesome stuff. Um, thanks so much, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Thank you so much, man. That's, Absolutely flew by. You're welcome. Really, really fun to be with you guys. Fun to be with you. Uh, I want to thank the listener, as we always do, because we like the listener, because they, you know, give us... They listen. They listen. (laughs) And if they weren't listening... Then I don't know if we'd keep doing this. We'd still do it if they weren't listening. It's, it's, it's just, just so much a, fun. A conversation. It's just. A, us. I mean, that's pretty much. Yeah, you just take the mics away. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, thanks so much for listening. I man, I hope you were just blessed, uh, encouraged, uh, challenged in the best way possible through this invitation of, of being a follower of Jesus. Awesome, awesome stuff to this life. Uh, that Jesus is inviting you into. If you enjoyed today's show and you want to let us know, uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a review. Let us know what you thought. Uh, You can always reach out to us personally, our contact info, along with any other information. Uh, What was the... uh what was the thing that we mentioned at the beginning? Uh, was it a song or something? I don't know. I thought we mentioned something. Uh, but I have no idea. I have no what idea. But about. I was, was going to link it down below, but I don't even remember. <laughs> I hope you're able to join us next week on the Disciples Mike podcast. See you guys.